Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Hello, Wine and Dime listeners. Thank you once again for joining me for this episode. I am very excited to be uh, talking to Alex Bottom from Lone Buddy today. And as you'll notice, as we uh, start the podcast, one of his favorite types of wine is Malbec. And what I'd love to do instead of recommending a specific one is for you to go on a journey to your local wine store or liquor store and pick out your favorite Malbec, or should I say, discover a Malbec. And And let me know what you think of that particular type of grape. As always, we'd love to have questions for you. We're thinking about doing a mailbag episode with all the questions that come in. So please feel free to send those questions to us. We'll have information in the show notes on where you can post those questions. In addition to that, if you like what you hear, then please feel free to hop on over and rate this show. That helps us grow our subscribership. And we'd love to know that you enjoy listening to these podcasts. So please sit on back, sip your favorite beverage and enjoy this show where Alex and I talk about, I know you've heard it before, but student loans. The exciting thing about this podcast is that Alex and I are collaborating with this program called Loan Buddy, along with many other financial planners, to come up with some solutions for people. This is a very confusing environment around student loans. And, you know, we can help one person at a time uh, with, with this particular problem, with this new technology that's coming out. You are listening to Wine and Dime, the podcast that combines two passions, wine and personal finance, with your host, Amy Irvine. Amy is a certified financial planner and owner of Rooted Planning Group and author of Uncork Your Finances. You can learn more about Amy by heading over to the website, www.rootedpg.com. And now onto the show. Take it away, Amy. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. We are very excited to have our guest today, Alex Bottom, on the show. We are going to be talking about all sorts of things, including a product, if you want to call it that, software, that we started utilizing relatively soon after it came out, honestly, to help us analyze student loans, which as a lot of you know, is a major, major issue in this country at 1.5, almost 1.6 trillion. Alex, welcome so much to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So as you know, in this show, we love to talk about both wine and finance, and I am convinced that um, our lives are just like a vineyard. We have all sorts of ebbs and flows in the weather. Everything starts with our roots and is nurtured and grown with a little bit of TLC. So we like to make this a little fun and talk first about your favorite wine, if you have one. Uh, wow, that's a great question. I um, I am a wine drinker. I am pretty much a novice in terms of wine. I, I did visit the Napa Valley uh, twice um, with a friend who whose family, his grandparents, had a small small vineyard up there, and we visited a, a, a vineyard called Joseph Phelps. And just from uh, having that kind of personal connection to that that vineyard, if if I've ever seen that on on a menu, uh, I end up. Um, Hmm. Um, you know, uh, purchasing it and, and enjoying it. And then I actually have a, uh, 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 one of our developers here staying with me here at my home is in Manhattan beach. And one of the things that they, they brought from, 
from uh, Croatia was a, a bottle of wine uh, mm. called Klevac from Mali. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, it was a very, very thoughtful gift that they brought and, uh, and uh, looking forward to, to trying this Croatian one. You'll have to email me and tell me how you like it and, and sort of the, the body of it, because people that listen know that I'm a deep, dark, dry red fan. And so I'm always interested in learning more from other regions. Um, whenever there's something that I don't know about, I'll dig into it and think, oh, where can I go find that? Does Total Wine carry it? Or can I order it online? Just to, you know, just to add some spice to life, right? For, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely send you a picture and then report back. Perfect. So like a vineyard, you know, every life has its own journey and development and influences. Um, I mentioned in the introduction that you um, were one of the creators of a system that we use called Lone Buddy. And I'd love to hear your journey um, throughout your life and how it ended up you know, how this project ended up in your lap, which is so beneficial to us as financial planners. Yeah. So I, I have a 10 year background in, in technology. Um, and so uh, when my brother, actually uh, my younger brother, um, we both attended the university of Southern California and um, played football there. And uh, he went back for his MBA and then now he's at a, um, a USC actually, uh, teaching and, and running a, um, uh, an entrepreneurship program there. And he told me about the public service loan forgiveness program uh, <laughs> called uh, NeoGov, an, another software company that was providing software to the government that uh, I, was, I was working at. I'd never, I'd never heard of you know, this type of um, forgiveness. I think a lot of people, when they first learn about it, um, are a little, um, you know, they, they'd want to learn more. And so that was kind of my first. Um, uh, entry point into you know uh, delivering a solution that was uh, um, useful for people as they kind of navigate their their life cycle their student loans because I wanted to, mm-hmm. to to help my brother and then his friend Ryan Inman my co-founder at Loan Buddy is a, a financial planner with uh, uh, over a hundred physician clients I think he has over hundred physicians and he's got a podcast himself yep he does yeah. And, and so we um, kind of looked at what uh, was he was doing with Excel spreadsheets and trying to understand uh, his client's student loans. And he was spending an inordinate amount of time uh, managing his client's loan data. And so with, with, um, with some of the uh, software developers that I, that I know, we, we uh, created a, a little uh, MVP that uh, we debuted at XYPN in 2017. We were actually in their fintech competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it, was, uh, it was exciting. We were just kind of on the fence. We're like, I don't know, should we do this? You know, this might be something that, that we could pursue. Um, you, know, you know, I had been looking for um, something that I was personally passionate about to, to, to help people. Um, and and when, you're, when you're able to save time, especially for a financial advisor who is spending a lot of time on these calculations, benefiting my, uh, benefiting their, uh, uh, clients, um, organizing this information. You mentioned 1.5 trillion. It's going to be over 2 trillion by 2023. And so mm-hmm. we think this is going to be one of the, one of the major topics in the upcoming election and, and how, uh, our methodology and, and how we've grown our, our solution really started with, uh, financial advisors, of which we now have um, over 150 million of client student loans inside of our platform, and 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 grown to several hundred users. So we're we're very blessed to be able to offer up our our solution that's ultimately helping financial advisors and, and uh, provide better service uh, inside of their communities and empowering those advisors with the, with the technology solution. That is um, something that that uh, it, it was a little gap. Uh, in in the in the financial planning software mm-hmm. solution, mm-hmm. now we're building in integrations with some planning software, CRMs, and, oh, and uh, ra- rapidly kind of, rapidly kind of developing more more features. And then you probably saw our our consumer solution that just came out mm-hmm. uh, a couple couple weeks ago because what we had seen was a lot of the financial advisors were were um, 
you know, focusing on postgraduate loans. The average loan balance inside of Loan Buddy is 161000 And so that means that the, the financial advisors are working with Henry's high, mm-hmm. um, high earners, but not rich yet. They're, they're, they're looking, they're, they're helping people that went to postgraduate school. They're likely physicians, doctors, dentists, um, you name it. And, and so we wanted to help more people. So, so through our light version of our, our solution, uh, any borrower with any debt amount can come in and, and um, utilize our free tools. We have some uh, uh, tools that they'll end up uh, paying for, but they're very cost effective. They're, they're, they're very inexpensive, inexpensive. We've been very mindful of, of, you know, being able to provide the help that these borrowers need because really the, the servicers and uh, the government uh, cared about enrolling people in the loans up front and, and mm-hmm. didn't really kind of uh, provide a, a solid roadmap for what happens over that life cycle. So we kind of stepped in and, and, and um, are, are continuing to kind of, you know, help these borrowers through our, our, our various methodologies. Well, one of the things that I really loved about the software was the interface um you know, that the consumer side interface, there's a lot of education out there too, right? On your consumer side that people can go and, and use it sort of as a um, education resource as well. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the average person in your system has 156,000, I think is what you said in student uh, one, loans. 161. 161. Okay. So $161,000. Um, you know, so as soon as I hear something like that, I'm like, so their monthly payment on the standard plan is $1,600-ish a month, $1,600 to $1,700 a month with that kind of outstanding loan payment. You know, that's huge when you're just... Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why when you're qualifying at a public service loan forgiveness organization at a 501c3, it's so crucial to enroll. Yeah. Um, and, and 50% of borrowers could, can... Um, um, uh, basically benefit from the federal programs, uh, whether they're income-based, pay-as-you-earn, um, et cetera. And so the, that, that's where a lot of the, 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 the refinance companies out there are purely focused on interest rate. Mm-hmm. And with, with our advisor um, network and, and, and user base, we're agnostic to what someone wants to do. It's really you kind of try and... Um, facilitate what, what, what's in their best interest, whether it's, you know, enrolling in a federal program or if they're at a qualifying organization, you know, take advantage of public service loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because if you saw the data associated with that last year, um, you know, we, we, we knew it was bad, but we didn't know it was as bad as the, you know, less than 100 out of 30,000 people completed the process properly. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean people couldn't have qualified there. It was just a really tough um, process for them to navigate. And so, uh, which we've, which we've simplified. And so I think that that's, that's really where, you know, we've been able to succeed is to, you know, kind of help streamline these types of, of processes mm-hmm. and, um, you know, continue to kind of, you know, add features that, that um, are desired. Well, the other interesting thing, Alex, I think is really important is that by all means, um, the simplification of it, right? So we've, we've been working with a, a couple of clients over the years, you know, and, and when we first start working with clients, when they have student loan, you know, we'll tell them we need, if you could go out into the website that, you know, you have your student loans through, we need this information. We either need you to download the, you know, all of these different, you know, tidbits of data. What, what is the student loan? Is it a, is it a Stafford loan? Is it subsidized, unsubsidized? What's your interest rates? Have you been making payments under what payment plan have you been paying? And you know what we get? We get the deer in the headlight look of, I have no idea what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So, so we end up walking them through, you know, either with screen share or sitting in our office and they log into their accounts where we're collecting all of that data because they just simply don't know what type of what they have. They just don't know. And so, and, and I don't blame, you know, I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming them for it. I'm just simply saying that it's so confusing that when they're applying for the loan, they don't even know, unfortunately. We don't, we don't put anybody through college or I should say high school with the idea of, you know, when you go into college, you should know this information. So it's not a learned tidbit of information. Like I've heard people say, well, they should know what they're signing. I'm like, well, they think they know. But then when they get out, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't understand that. And it's kind of like, I liken it to the fact that when you go to buy a car, you know, if you don't know what you're 
you, the, you can think you're buying the best car for you based on the information that you're given at the time. And then a year later, you can look back on that and think, oh man, I wish I had known, right? Except the dollar figures are much larger. <laughs> and so the thing that I love about Loan Buddy is the fact that they download the file and then we upload the file and all of the information is there. So we aren't asking them to provide us all those details. All they have to do is download the data file. And that makes it so much easier on everybody. You know, just we don't think we know we're not missing anything because the data coming in is the data that's downloaded. So that's one of the, the things that we absolutely loved about it. And then we get to educate them about what they have first and foremost. You know, we get to walk them through, okay, this is what you have. And if you do nothing, this is what it's going to look like. And that is huge to people. That bit of information is so helpful to people. So that's one of the things that I absolutely loved about. Oh, that's great to hear. I think, I, I think that we really focused on, on streamlining the process to, to enter all of that information. So when you, when you can up, upload that information with a click, it definitely makes an advisor's life easier. And then similarly, when you can see in kind of simple charts, what happens over the life cycle of that loan based on, you know, what, what, what you're paying in terms of interest, the loan balance that's remaining at the end of the loan, what happens in year 21, mm -hmm. what happens in year 26 at certain loan types, you know, the tax calculations mm -hmm. associated with those, those different uh, income-based programs. There's a lot of things that advisors need to kind of consider that, um, that the, the borrower themselves really hadn't thought about what happens at the end of the right. rainbow. And so we, we give them that clear, you know, what happens over that life cycle picture. Um, uh, and, and it, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, I think, like you said, it, it opens a lot of eyes and it removes that deer in headlights uh, um, aspect where now you're with someone that, that um, uh, understands um, their situation. And that's why we subscribe to the, the uh, kind of the, the, the XY planning philosophy of the niches and the people <laughs> that are, that understand the different job titles. And that's how we, we built our find it advisor feature. You know, people that are, that are looking to get paired up with a, with an advisor can log into loan buddy and then search for advisors based on their occupation. And when you're able to kind mm -hmm. of get paired up with someone that they didn't necessarily ever know about that, that works with, you know, their type of, uh, occupation, they're able to have a deeper understanding. So facilitating those um, interactions within our within our website mm -hmm. now is is something that we're very proud of. Um, it's a growing feature for us, and we think that you know being able to you know pair up the forty some a portion of the forty three million borrowers and get them you know uh, the, the, a, a port, uh, you know a, a solid person that they can speak with, you know, the, the, the student loan is just one small yeah. aspect of a financial plan for someone, but it's turning into the initial client conversation. And that's where a lot of our, our financial advisors are kind of uh, leveraging our solution where they're able to start the conversation simply. And then it opens up the, the kind of the, the financial conversation to a larger scope, but, but there's a lot of pain with the student loan and then they're able to um, effectively, um, advise on it with our, with our buyer technology. Well, and, and so if people are interested, cause, cause you have a couple different, so there's working with a financial planner, but there's also the version that they can, they can just go out and sign up for free and get information about their student loan and some, um, like the lowest payment plan and, and some see some uh, student loan uh, refinancing options if they go out to loanbuddy.us, right? I mean, that's one of the options that somebody has. So if they don't want to pair up with a financial planner for some reason, then that is an option. And we always say that, you know, of course we want to work with people. Like we want to tell them the nuances because there are student loans. It's not just a cut and dry thing. You know, it's not something that there are so, as you mentioned, there are so many different options that are available to you. But if, if you don't want to pay for a financial planner, at least get educated, 
right? And and so if they go out to your website, they can sign up for free and they can actually start that education process. And then if they want to take it to the next level, there's a find an advisor um, section of that website that they can actually dig a little bit deeper into. When you started this journey, was it your intent to also have that consumer facing side? Or were you thinking, no, we're just going to work with financial planners, but then you saw the need for the consumer facing side as well? Well, it was, it was a little bit of both. I, I would like to say that we did have um, a lot of the, the elements that we, did, we, we have um, had in mind. Um, in our case, we, we have another great partner um, with the college investor and Robert Farrington mm-hmm. and bringing him onto the team was really instrumental um, because he's, he's very knowledgeable and he has a, has a very popular website. And so what, what we kind of were focusing on was, what, hey, we're a niche software provider, but you know, we were, we, our mission kind of grew. And I think that's very common for, um, you know, startup companies like ourselves to kind of, you know, build something and then, and then kind of discover, and, and, and grow along with what, what your users want and where, where the, where the, where, where people that need help and how we can help provide it. Because, because, um, you know, I think I always kind of take it back to Facebook. Facebook's first, you know, site was very, very basic. Now there's so (laughs) many features on Facebook, you don't even know. So that's just part of the growth of a software company. And, And I've been a part of successful software companies. And so, you know, now, leading one, I think that, you know, we're, we're just enlarging our, our tent to be able to provide, um, the, 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 the types of information and resources, whether to an advisor or a borrower. And we even have some other, um, you know, um, features that we're going to be debuting soon. Um, and I can't wait to talk about in the future. Uh, Can you give us a little hint or is it too early in the process? No, we made an announcement um, about a month ago. Um, we have an integration with a, a previous company of mine, HR Cloud. Okay. And HR Cloud is a is a is a company that has um, uh, a, a solution for enterprises. I mean, everyone um, that has a student loan likely also has a job, and so uh, there's kind of new legislation happening and new. Um, uh, methodologies for how people are, how I should say, enterprises are able to uh, co-pay yes. uh, uh, their employees' yes. student loan. And we've we've seen some kind of legislation that's proposed that's potentially changing the landscape for um, you know pre-tax dollars associated with what uh, an employer can can deliver to uh, an employee, um, and we think that number is going to increase and then that uh, and expand from just um, expand from current students to graduates. And so when we see, when we see that, you know, less than 5% of uh, employers are offering this type of solution. So for us, it's just another natural extension with my background in HR technology and, and the capabilities of, of that organization are tremendous. And so it's um, just another way we can help um, provide a, a solution that makes sense for uh, in this case, financial wellness at, at an organization. Yeah. So I, you probably know that I do some coaching, financial coaching for companies as well. Um, and, and so we go in and, and it's this whole program called fiscal fitness clubs. And I will tell you that when we get to the portion or the month where we're talking about debt, um, the two things that always come up are student loans and credit card. And those two areas are really critical. Like, you know, we, we end up spending, more time talking about student loans in that particular wellness session because so many people are confused about it. And for clients that are working with us directly, we're suggesting that they tell their employers that that's a benefit that they want is some sort of either subsidy or like you said, this new legislation that's being proposed where it sort of counts almost like they'll pay a portion of your um, student loan if you contribute to your retirement plan, right? I mean, that's sort of what some companies are looking at doing. Well, there's, there, there's, ways, there's ways to get around it with, uh, when I say get around it, that you know, there isn't really a methodology that corporations can use, but if they've got paid time off, they're able to contribute their paid time off to their student loan. So that's kind of one kind of low-hanging fruit you know, area for corporations to be able to allow uh, an employee to, to, to utilize that paid off time off how they choose. And so 
there's a lot of it's it's definitely a, a changing landscape and you know with with our with our with our team in place that we're able to um, you know kind of deliver this 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 new solution for for the organizations we couldn't be more excited to it's to really that. important because when we do surveys when you know before we actually start doing the financial wellness programs the so many employees come back and say that their financial health keeps them up at night and we know that mm -hmm. employees um, that are stressed out about anything are not their whole selves at work and so if we can educate them and take some of the stress um, of their financial health off the table by educating them and helping them get on a path of, you know, of, of improvement, then that reduces their financial stress and, and the risk in some cases, you know, because of that, that stress that they're bringing to work with them. So that's wonderful that you're, you're integrating it in that particular way. And I know you mentioned before we started recording that you've got some other cool integrations that are going to be coming down the road that you guys are working on. I can't wait to hear what they are. So I will be in tuned to what. Yeah. <laughs> And a further, and a further, you know, kind of your 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 thought on the on the enterprise piece, um, it, it's it's something that um, is very beneficial to both the employee mm -hmm. and employer. The employers are looking to find the the best mm -hmm. talent, and and this type of benefit, student loan benefit, is a great yeah. recruiting tool, and also retain uh, retention. And those those employers when they're uh, employees when they're being uh, taken care of in this in this way, we think that the the employers utilizing this type of solution will have an advantage in recruiting, and then also they're going to be um, having you know happier, more productive employees because really we see this as a as an entry point to paying down a student loan prior to funding a four hundred one k. Now, I I don't think that that's necessarily the scenario that you know everyone's going to choose, but it's 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 something where it's 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 an option now. Uh, that that will it'll be their choice essentially of how they how they want to utilize that you know that, those and I funds. think what you said is key it's an option it's another resource and I do think that that is I mean I, I have some clients that are um, they've gone through all of the training for uh, the nurse practitioner level right or um, you know they walk out of school with an awful lot of debt as well and you know, when we were talking about job searches, I said, here's some questions that you need to be asking because that particular field in, um, in a lot of areas is a highly sought after role. And so if they start asking the questions to some of these organizations of what kind of student loan forgiveness or um, assistance will you give me um, if I come to your company, it is starting to be more normal for a company to offer that kind of benefit to them. And, and again, in those highly competitive fields, that's going to attract, attract the talent because it's, it's definitely going to be something. Yeah. They, uh, uh, right now there's going to be an advantage to the organizations that take advantage mm -hmm. of this type of solution first, but eventually it's going to be ubiquitous throughout um, this, the, the enterprise tech stack. And so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful to, and this goes with any type of technology or solution. When you're one of the first to adopt it, I think you're able to, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, receive some type of benefits from from adopting those what, what's new and 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 helpful. So you mentioned that you've actually got a background in technology as well. I mean, so that's been very helpful in you putting these packages together and rolling them out and presenting them to to um, those that <laughs> improves their lives like us, right? So that. Um, and you kind of gave the history behind that, but what interested you in technology in general? Um, you know, what made you choose that as a profession to focus on? Yeah, I think I think that that's that's a great question for me. That that was a discovery later on in life. I uh, I mentioned you know that I um, played football mm -hmm. in college, and I was very focused on. Um, uh, you know, football at the time, and and I was very fortunate to not have any not have any student mm. loans, and so uh, both my brother and I didn't have any student student loans uh, coming out of college, and so that that really started me off on the on the right uh, uh, mm -hmm. footprint. But um, one of the, one of the things that that um, I, I kind of 
um, I would say would do over or regret is that, you know, having my parents pay my student loans at the time felt normal and they were able to, to do it. When I turned down football scholarships at other schools, I won't name the school. I won't name the schools where, where I was in a very, very fortunate situation where I was able to, um, you know, kind of identify the school I wanted to go to. And then also, you know, not, you know, walk out of there with a degree and, and, and zero debt. So I, I was very, much set up for success by my parents. And I, I, I worked in sports and, hmm. and, uh, and real estate and then kind of identified uh, a new path later on in my 20s and, and just wanted to be part of uh, innovative organizations that, hmm. that were really improving people's lives. And, and, and in particular with the companies that I, I joined, uh, you know, uh, B2B software, hmm. I thought was, you know, you, you kind of saw how, they were helping people and, and improve uh, systems, and uh, it was it was just um, it was just something that that it just kind of appeared. I wouldn't say appeared to me, but just it just kind of presented itself before me, and it was something that I ended up, um, you know, really um, you know, discovering and becoming deeply passionate mm-hmm. about. And so, once you kind of once it all kind of clicks for you, then then you know you're just you know you're just kind of. Uh, a steward to your to your own situation, and you're you're just trying to you know help people, and and the way we help people is through technology. Well, I know from my perspective, I started in this profession back in um, uh, 1994, <laughs> and so um, I worked for a small trust company where we actually physically handled like coupons on bonds. <laughs> we would take them down and actually redeem them and put them in our clients' accounts. And we had physical stat certificates that we held in the vault and, you know, things like, I know some people won't even recognize this when they hear it, but like Lotus and, you know, that was like top technology and they didn't necessarily have, you know, the data entry systems or the timing systems that they do today. And, you know, fast forward. Well, you probably, you, you probably needed a consultant just to, just to utilize those systems because they weren't oh, very no, user friendly. No. I, I imagine. mean, you know, when you got to know them, you got to know them, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't anything like today's world. Right. And, and as, as my career grew in different directions, I remember it was about 1999. Um, so from 1994 to 1999, um, you know, there's this big development, this big industry, you know, technology development. And all of a sudden this thing about, um, daily logging into your accounts, your 401k accounts was starting to really take ground. It was like, who would log into their 401k account on a daily basis? Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. then by 2025, that was the standard. If you couldn't, if you were in the 401k profession and you didn't have daily accounting or daily, uh, you know, for your um, plan participants to log in daily, you were antiquated. And and that was really well, yeah. And and, and that, that that enterprise, so- I consider that kind of like more on the enterprise mm-hmm. software route, where you're you're helping people achieve what they what they need to do. But but really, where we saw social media, and we interact interact with more software than ever before in in our in our daily lives, and we don't even necessarily even realize it through the phone because the the feature set that people <laughs> utilize is is so beneficial to improving proving their their overall overall life. So, so people's, you know, uh, um, abilities within, you know, how buttons get, get created and, and where things go. It's, you know, there's been kind of a standardization throughout different software platforms. And there's always, you know, this intuitive nature between technologies. But I think, I think what, what we, what we saw was, you know, there was kind of an aversion to technology up until, you know, the kind of the, around the timeline mm-hmm. that you were saying. And then, and then the the older millennials kind of their pr- preferences mm-hmm. and their abilities to interact with the with the social software is really integrated into all websites, all enterprise software, um, and and so it was just an explosion of of usability that was able to um, you know uh, become standard and, really, you know, and empower yeah. those. Yeah, well, empower empower those individuals with with yeah, what they want yeah. to do. And it, like I said, that was only a small ten year window, right? I mean, I you know I look at the it, it, when we think about like our great grandparents or even our grandparents in some cases, and we think about all of the developments that they've seen in their lifetime, and then you look at the last twenty years and you think, holy crow, that's like even more. <laughs> you know, it's condensed within the development. But anyways, I was just curious about 
you know, a sort of take you to get down the road. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember in high school and I went in the, you know, my, my senior year was 99. And so in the nineties, yeah, the internet was around, but I, you know, I'd go weeks without going on the internet. And then in college, I I never really utilized it. And, uh, and then, you know, 2003, when I graduated, um, you know, I was basically, you know, you're starting to be on the internet daily. And I think that that, I think that really kind of the, you know, under remembering life pre, (laughs) you know, around before the internet, before you were looking at a phone constantly or whatever. Um, you know, I think, I think as a generation, you know, myself, um, is kind of the tip of that millennial and, you know, we're able to kind of remember both ways of life. (laughs) Um, and so it's, it's really, it was really interesting. I mean, I, I have a, you know, um, uh, almost a three-year-old nephew and he's able to, you know, navigate some of these technology, uh, iPhone and take pictures or whatever. And, you know, utilize and it. he's I mean, three and a half years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost three, almost three. It's like unbelievable. Uh-huh. I was probably eating dirt at that age. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was, I was on a big wheel running into my yeah. little brother and a big wheel. At that time. Yeah. So Alex, when you were, when you were being raised as a child, um, did, did your parents, you know, I mean, were they the ones that sort of incentivized you to be creative like this? And, um, you know, did they, did they ever talk about the money side of any of this? Like, you know, thinking like that concept? No, I would say, I would say with technology, my dad gave me my first computer when I was going into uh, fifth grade, it was a used Apple II uh, computer. And I had, it was a uh, black and white. And we, we, I, I was very fortunate to have a computer in the home. A lot of uh, kids mm-hmm. at that time maybe had to access a computer at school or what have you. So both my brother and I had, um, had computers. We both had Apple IIs. I actually still have that <laughs> Apple II. I prominently feature it in my guest bedroom and people love looking at it. It still works. I took very good care of my Apple II. Um, it had like maybe like a K-Rock sticker, like a radio station sticker on it that I removed and a baseball sticker. But yeah, it's... It's, a, it's something that I'm very proud of. And I, I would say that, you know, the college was always kind of a given. Both my parents, my parents met in college. And so I always knew I would be, be kind of going mm-hmm. to college. I was very fortunate in that, re- in that regard. But in terms of, you know, what, what my parents were able to instill, instill in me was, you know, you know understanding the, the, uh, the, 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 the benefits of technology. And when my brother and I shared a room, my dad drilled a hole in the, in the, in the wall to run to the printer. There was one printer and we had to run a really long cord to the printer into my dad's office. I mean, he literally drilled a hole and that's how we were able to print. There's no Wi-Fi or whatever. We were like, Hey, we don't like, you know, we don't like, we, we told him we, we, it was sneaker net. It was called in metaphorical. You'd have to download on a, uh-huh. on a floppy, go into the other room, put it into the other computer in order to fit. I mean, that's like, it's crazy to think about that was the process. And then we drilled a hole in the wall, we hacked it, and then put a really long cord to the printer, and we were able to print from our own computer, and we thought that was really nice. And so we always kind of were always modifying technology. And my brother was actually a little bit more advanced than me uh, early on. I was more focused on sports. But, um, yeah, it was very encouraged to, you know, ha- you know, t- you know, how technology was uh, being utilized in our, in our lives to improve it. You know, if you wanted to create something, you just, all right, drill a hole in the wall, you know, and it went through the closet and, you know, now we got, now we can print. The funny so, thing. Um, yeah. I the funny that, thing. I, I mean, yeah. you're bringing up memories at this point in time, but the funny thing that I think about, cause I was, I believe a junior or senior, I think it was a junior cause I was studying for my SATs. My mother um, bought for us for Christmas, a Tandy 1000. And you had to, you had to boot it up with a floppy disk and then you could put the program disk in. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. And, and I was, I didn't have one of those, but I had friends that friends that did and the other at school. Too. And it's funny. Cause that's, I think about, okay, so that's how I studied for my SATs was through this. And that was really like at that point in time, cause you're talking like 87, 88 timeframe. That was, I was one of the few families that had that kind of, you know, opportunity. Um, and we weren't overly wealthy at all. You know, it's just my mother really saw that that was it a new computer? Or was yeah, it, she was bought it, it from Radio Shack, brand new, and it was yeah. Oh yeah. wow, that's and great. And it was she just saw that that was the wave of the future and thought, you know, if there's any investment I'm going to make in my children, it's they're going to know how to use a computer. And like I said, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so you know, looking back at it at the time, I didn't 
realize how much of a commitment that was financially to, to, um, to my future. And, and, you know, people say to me today, um, ironically, they're like, how do you know this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. I just very, um, some probably not as much as you, but things, software utilization for me, it's, if I can touch it, I can figure it out. And I don't, I don't struggle with it the same way some people in my generation seem to. And I have to believe that that was, you know, the influence that both our parents probably instilled in us in some way, shape or form that, you know, was a little bit ahead. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's all types and we, and we have all types of, of, you know, skill levels with, with, with users. A lot of the younger um, advisors kind of uh, on our platform understand our solution. It's still, we're still kind of modifying the navigation mm-hmm. of our, of our dashboard and how people interact with it. It's, it's going to be fundamentally changing a little bit. And so, um, but I think, I think now with the ability to kind of, you know, you, there's very few, you know, software out there where you kind of, you don't have any mm-hmm. training, you know, maybe, Maybe uh, I think Expensify is really great software. HubSpot, maybe a little bit training, but Uber is a mobile <laughs> yeah. app that you know you don't you don't need any training yeah. to know Uber. It just you understand yeah. it intuitively, and so every software kind of you know with with the right product mm-hmm. team and, and design team is able to uh, deliver something that that just you know you look at it right away and and you understand it, and that limits you know the amount of time that that people are fumbling with it. They want, they, they have quicker adoption time. And then not only that, once they kind of understand it, the best, what I, what I love. And some, we have a, you know, we have a private Facebook group, which I think you're, I think you're in our, our private Facebook group and you see, you know, the, the, the case studies and the, and the, and the desires for different mm-hmm. features and how we, how we kind of, you know, are, are a very collaborative community of financial advisors um, and and our, our our software company as you know basically a steward to um, de- you know delivering the tools that that are desired by by our community and I think when you have that kind of mm-hmm. philosophy when you develop tools for for your users and and your commitment to them is 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 uh, paramount you know you don't just create a software company out of thin air without without um, you know, uh, uh, you know, something and uh, something in mind, you're not just creating technology for technology's sake. It's, it's really, truly empowering them with, with, with tools. And so that's, that's really how, how we, we view our, our, our development. Well, and I think that, you know, you, when you start with that in mind, like there's, there's a stewardship that we're provide where you're filling a gap, number one, because that's where always the question that you always want to ask, like, what is it that I'm providing? What gap am I um, helping somebody with? Right. But, but when you go into it with that stewardship concept, it's like, you know, if, if you do the right thing, good things will happen to you. And so I, you know, I, I am so thankful that you took the time to share the development behind it and some of the, the cool changes that are going to be upcoming. Um, I would love to shift for just a minute uh, to the more personal side of Alex and ask a little bit of um, uh, questions that I, that I try to ask everybody. And because I think a lot of people can learn from each other and as, as um, other people have heard me say, I do believe that every vineyard, your life, every um, exposure that we're given really adds notes to our life. So for people that, you know, drink wine, you'll hear them make comments like, is this a black cherry or it's spicy or something like that? So it adds different notes to your life. So I'd love to know, you know, do you, do you, can you think of any particular money mistakes that you'd be willing to share with the listeners that they might learn from? Yeah, I, I, I was, I was very uh, fortunate again to have some, some very, solid advice from my parents and grandparents. But, but one thing that I kind of discovered on my own was, and I was going to uh, cite an example uh, with my, with my grandfather, you know, when, when I graduated from college, he was like, Hey, um, you know, we want you to create a CD, a, a certificate deposit. And I was like, what's that? And he's just like, well, you know, you, you go to the bank and you get a certain interest rate associated with it. And we went down there and I bought a $5,000 uh, CD and then I kind of looked at the, the, the return <laughs> on a CD and I was like, I don't, Ooh. I don't, I don't think this is, you know, the, the right methodology for growing wealth. And so my, my, my grandfather was, 
was a very successful businessman <clears throat> on my mom's side and my dad's side. But I was talking about my maternal grandfather. And, and um, my, my uh, investment strategy was more focused on growth. And so I, I, I let that CD sit there probably maybe six months. And I said, man, this is, this is not doing anything for me. And so I would say that, you know, it, you, you want to kind of understand and take into account other people's financial advice and then what you're able to kind of do with, with, with the knowledge that you have for either companies that you know about or, or if you're investing in the stock market yourself or how, how you end up, um, you know, generating the returns or desired returns, uh, that you want, um, I think was, was for me, was, was that not every investing strategy is right. I mean, a lot of people like Warren Buffett says, get rich slow. My, my grandfather uh, that I'm speaking about was, you know, always in, uh, investing in, uh, uh, dividend producing stocks. And, mm -hmm. and so it was just, you know, his philosophy was just a little different than mine. I was a little bit more growth focused and, and was, you know, interested in identifying, you know, up and coming companies. And that's something that, you know, I, I, I did okay at. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, I, w I wouldn't say it was necessarily mistakes, but, you know, you want to listen to people, but then you want to, you want to process their, the, the information that they give you. And then you kind of, um, you know, go for, go forth with your own kind of philosophy and, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you know, you want to make your own decisions. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of how I processed, um, you know, my early kind of, uh, earliest financial advice. Well, I think that that, you know, I think you're comfortable with that growth environment because that's what your focus is too. So I think that makes us by nature more comfortable with it. When our, you know, if you don't understand what you're investing in, then it's it's hard to feel like you can stay committed to it when it has its shakeups, if you want to call it that. So I think that's great advice. Have you ever, have you ever been given advice that you're um, it, I know I always hesitate to use these words, but you know, wasn't necessarily the right advice for you. So some would call it the worst advice, but I would just say that it's not the right one for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't think of too many terrible, um, um, scenarios. Maybe I just delete them from my mind. <laughs> um, but I can think of some of the best very easily. Um, and stuff that I, that I, that I live okay. by. I don't know if that's something that you want to talk about, but, um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I think I think that you know you know with with my kind of um, you know development as a, as a young man, I, I I grew up in a very conservative religious household, and my mom always kind of instilled in me: you want to live within your means, and um, mm -hmm. you want to uh, you know kind of uh, you know uh, establish a life for yourself, and and and, you know, be productive. And so I, I really kind of took that to heart. And then I read somewhere where happiness is positive cash flow. <laughs> and so that kind of, I wanted to make a shirt that said that. And, and <laughs> because I thought it made sense, you know, when you're living within your means, you have positive cash flow, you're paying yourself first, et cetera, all those fun, you know, personal finance tips. But, but when you finally establish yourself of, you know, a budget and, and live within that budget and live within your means, and then, you know, you start, you know, having that little bit extra, um, and what you do with it, I think is, is, is something that's really empowering. And especially when you have no debt and when you have no student loans, you're able to, you know, mm -hmm. maximize and, and live a productive life. And I think that that's where we've really, um, done a disservice to so many, young people with the promise of, you know, a better life with their education. And, you know, I think tuition costs have, have gone out of, out of control and the access to the, the, the loans for, for the government has been something that's been tremendously mm -hmm. available. But then the, then there's the, the, the aspects of, of, you know, the, the, you know, once you graduate, you did the right thing. You, you, you got your degree. Now you're, now you're going to be someone that's going to be, you know, productive in society and your chosen field. And I think that this is, this is something that, you know, there's, there's some situations out there that people, you know, made it might've gone to a school that that's closed down, or there's some, there's some really outlying cases that are, mm. that are, that are problems out there. But I think, mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, when, mm -hmm. you know, over the next 18 months, there's going to be a large national discussion on, you know, what we do at a macro level with, with this. And I think that um, when you look at the, the macroeconomics of, of how we've set up, and one of the things that I think that we've we've looked at and what we'd before is tuition control. 
because because when right. when to, in two thousand eight, right. when uh, essentially the government nationalized uh, student loans and everything went on their balance sheets, the the schools themselves weren't weren't accountable for for the their. Uh, the the students that they're pushing through their schools, and I think a lot of schools are good actors, but there might be some bad actors out there and people that are you know just growing mm-hmm. tuition enrollments. And I think that's a good thing. I definitely think that's a good thing. But I think identifying and I think with you know pre college planning, some great pre pre college planning types, but understanding how to get an education for the the best ROI. And there's 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 people out there that help. We don't we don't provide that, but there's there's people out there that do. And I think understanding your objectives. But then mm-hmm. similarly, you know, creating um, an environment where okay, if corporations are able to help pay down their employees' student loans, that doesn't mean that tuition costs can now the the, the schools and the, and everyone say, oh yeah, we've got more people paying you know these loans and, and it's being you know you know transferred in a, in a, in a pre tax basis that now tuition can just start climbing again. So I think I think that there's really some macro discussions on how on how how um, you know the the future will be built through um, higher education mm-hmm. in our country. I think is is a real. It, it, I mean, it's 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 something that has to be seriously considered. Um, and and I think that you know the, the the more academics and the more people that kind of um, that that know what they're doing um, in this space um, make their voices heard rather than people going to yell the loudest or what have you um, is going to be something that's going to be you know I hope to see a, a positive um, you know uh, um, effect you know in, in in the next eighteen months. Do you do you follow a particular? Um resource to stay on top of the conversations around that? Because with the number of candidates that are talking about this right now, it is challenging as all get out to follow what every candidate is putting out there. Is there a good resource that you use to sort of keep on top of that? I think um, our, our partner, um, the college investor is, is a, is a great resource. Um, but now that, that, that I, I've, I've personally been, um, uh, uh, in, in this space, in particular, student loans for a little under two years. Now I have friends of mine, um, family. There, I, I probably get emailed an article a day at least on on student loans. So I've been <laughs> very fortunate where information kind of flows to me, and I'm mm-hmm. able to kind of decipher it. So I don't have a, a particular recommendation. Okay. I do think that that our our partnership with the college investor is is got the, probably the most comprehensive. Uh, information in terms of uh, of student loans out there, and that's why we 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 work together. And so, I would definitely direct people to that site. And I'll make sure that we put those links in the show notes as well. Um, so, I um, have run over in the time that I told you to set aside for our call. I think I told you forty five minutes usually ish. Um, so, I do apologize, but this conversation has been so wonderful and I really appreciate your time. And I would, I would love to know just two additional aspects of your life, if you don't mind sharing. Um, one is, you know, and, and I heard this recently on another podcast that, you know, we're all trying to find our own definition of success, right? We all have a very specific personal definition of success. I'd love to hear what yours is. Yeah, I think I think that's a great question, and it's something that that um, I always kind of started from an athletic standpoint. When you're when you're tying yourself to specific performance, and you're only mm-hmm. happy when you win, um, I think that's not a not a not a great you know way to live. When you kind of you know detach yourself from your your personal successes, uh, and and really just focus on are you enjoying what you're doing. Um, Hmm. Um, are you, are, do you, do you get joy from what you, what you're doing, what you're doing, not just the outcomes. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's when you, when you finally kind of make that transition, I think the hardest thing for an athlete is to transition from, you know, your, your, your productivity as an athlete to, to deliver results. And then when you kind of understand that, you know, what, what you, what you do on a daily basis should bring yourself joy, not only yourself joy, but, you know, er- everyone that you come in contact with, whether it be your family mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of take, you know, what would you be doing if, if you, if you weren't getting paid and would you still be doing mm-hmm. the same thing? And so if you kind of, mm-hmm. so cliche, but I think that when you, when you stop 
focusing on the 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 end result. I think that the, the and you're and you're focused on what, are you enjoying what you, what you're doing. I think that that's really something that's uh, a, a powerful way to ultimately um, you know uh, attract the 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 things that you 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 are passionate about and and you just kind of live it on a daily basis. Yeah, I I was asked that question recently what I would do if money wasn't a barrier because that's a question that I ask my clients. And um I said, "Oh, I'd be doing what I'm doing right now, but I would I would do it in a like a championship way. Like I would I would I would be out there protecting people around like the student loan issues. I would be protecting them because we've had clients recently in particular we have them on the right path. And then all of a sudden they get a letter from their student loan servicer, which is Fed Loan Servicing. Um, and they say, oh, you're in default on a particular loan. And we have to spend, you know, all this time fighting with them and proving to them that, no, you guys made the mistake, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it becomes infuriating and so frustrating. Um, and then on the other side, the other end of the financial planning aspect you know, we're watching when our clients start to age and there's, um, you know, there's risks that start to become known to us, then we have to watch out on that. And, and I would like, I would be that person that's out there like campaigning or trying to write law or legislation (laughs) to protect people around these particular issues. Or I'd be like the, you know, I'd be bringing lawsuits against, you know, organizations yeah, that don't think, take uh, it seriously. I, you know? I think, I think, I think, well, wait, what, 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 what I, the way I look at what you're saying is that you're focused on helping people, you know, one person at a time and, and, yeah, you know, yeah. generating that, generating that pause, those positive outcomes. I mean, it's really hard to achieve, um, you know, any type of scale with, with, you know, uh, when, when you're, when you're, when you're, um, passionate about a subject matter, that's why I think technology yeah, is yeah. the greatest, um, change yep. agent for for anyone because you're able to replicate processes for for so yep. many people and so I think that you know with with advocacy uh, you know and and you know or if you're a pundit or getting articles in the newspaper you know that's not something that we're 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 experts at in fact we probably right. need need help in in PR <laughs> um, but but I think I think really from you know, firms like yourself and our, our customers, they really help evangelize our, our technology in, in, in ways that we're so thankful for. And so I just want to thank you for, for, you know, uh, being, being a part of our, 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 our little community that's, that's growing. And I think that, you know, where, where, where we're able to collaborate and, and, and deliver results for people is, is, is in through that, that shared knowledge that happens to come through with our technology. Well, we appreciate that as well. It certainly makes our jobs. You're right. We're able to scale more when we have that service um, aspect of it that we don't have to manually calculate some of the items anymore. That certainly increases. It goes back to what I said to you when I first started out. You know, we used Lotus and um, manual green ledger sheets and the amount of time that it used to take me to do the work, you know, was hugely um, labor intensive where now a lot of that work is done probably in my whole day probably is done in five minutes compared to what it was back in 1994. So we're so glad that you were on the show and we are so thankful that you were able to take time out of your day. We, we love Lone Buddy and what it's doing for our practice and how we're able to integrate it with our clients and can't say thankful enough um, for uh, for being that techie that saw a problem and tried to fit is just in his not even trying, but is fixing it for, um, something I'm extremely passionate about. Yeah, well, so thank we, you again. Yeah. We look forward to, to delivering some even more powerful features, uh, for, for everyone on all the different kind of phases that we're, that we're working on. And, and we're still a very young company. So, and we've got wow. a very, very great team, um, that, that, that we've, that we've built and are continuing to build. And so, um, yeah, if anyone would like to reach out to me personally, I can give my email to them offline or some. Nope. If you want to give your email address right now, that would be great. And we'll also make sure that we put it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah. It's just alex at loanbuddy.us and happy to chat with anyone um, about, um, you know, how, how we can help them. 
And it, you know, if other people are interested in how we're implementing it in the practice, you know, certainly we'd be happy to, to chat with them as well. But again, Alex, thank you so much for, for being on the show today and for taking time out of your schedule. Clearly you're, you're passionate about what you're doing and we're so thankful for that. Oh, thank you. It was great spending a little time and looking forward to uh, chatting again soon. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.